In a world filled with uncertainty, we are all trying to get physically, mentally, and emotionally healthy. But the struggle is real. The Live Well Podcast exists to give you fun, relevant, and impactful strategies that will help you get healthy, stay healthy, and live well. Hosted by Dr. Mike Roncesvalli, a clinical psychologist with two decades of experience in the field and his Live Well crew. We promise the time you spend listening to the Live Well podcast will help you thrive like you never have before. And welcome to another Live Well podcast. We're glad you guys are with us. This is Mike Ronces Valley, and I'm here with the whole Live Well team. Guys, thanks for joining. Always. Absolutely. Happy Monday. Woo. It is Monday. It is. Might be a different day for anyone watching, but you know. <laughs> it's a good point. It could, it's anything you need it to be. Today. Yeah, it's whatever day you want it to be. <laughs> so we're glad that uh, everybody's taking some time out, going to give us a chance to try to speak into your life today. And um, we've got a pretty cool topic. I think it's a topic that we all are concerned with, that's for sure. And it's social media. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> oh, sorry. Thanks, Alana. <laughs> do, do, do. We don't need to edit sound effects. Oh, gosh. Alana it, it, <laughs> we're kind of on a budget here, so we, we're just having Alana and making <laughs> do our sound effects. So it works. Totally. So here's the deal. I think we all agree social media is a pretty significant issue, right, for, for all of us. And there's awesome things about it things that I love about it. Mm-hmm. And there's just some really toxic, crazy, messed up things about it. And yeah. it's been, I think, a, a big part of what ails us recently, culturally. So I want to start with a question for you guys. What's the most toxic thing about social media for, for you personally? You want me to start? Of course. Um... I think social media has the ability to create division as well as um, the perception that that we need to be more than we are or better than we are because of what we see out there, what we see in those little squares. Mm Which don't but, even like reflect life, right? right. I mean, that's the crazy thing yeah. about it. That, right. That's what I was going to answer is just that like everybody's kind of posting their best of the best and sometimes not even something that's reality. And so it just makes everyone else feel like, dang, like my life isn't sucks. like, yeah, it's like <laughs> my life sucks compared to their life. Like I think that to me is one of the biggest things is everybody wants to like put on a show and just kind of like perform for everybody that's out there and be like man my life's going so well when in reality like it's probably not (laughs) not at (laughs) all it's probably not going that well yeah and comparison is the thief of joy Mm -hmm. and i mean it's like social media kind of urges this comparison to other people and um, no matter how like unrealistic it is i i don't like how um inauthentic it can be because it's the complete opposite of, you know, the thing that actually grounds us, which is mindfulness. Um, so that's one of many. And I, I think for, I, I'm just going to say this, I, I might regret it. You know, you guys might dog me out later. <laughs> that's that's cool. I'm used to it. But I think 
females have it worse than males in that regard. I mean, seriously, because I don't know about you, Jacob. I don't like scroll through whatever, you know, Instagram or whatever and like look at other guys and be like, oh, I wish I had that outfit. I just said, <laughs> but <laughs> right. it's just like literally never happened. I mean, maybe it's happened like once, but it was like an awesome outfit. But anyways. A really good girl's yeah. voice. <laughs> Was it? It's a really yeah. good impersonation. Very, anyways, very good. Anyways, um, I, 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 oh, yeah, I, I was just gonna say I don't, I don't think I agree, but I think that it is kind of trending in that direction for like the younger age, mm-hmm. and I would say I'm honest, I'm like I am honestly like right on the cusp of like that age where it's like kind of becoming worse and worse for like the younger generation. And I think for guys it's more so not looks, but it might be man like their family has like this super nice car like they have like all this money and they get to do all this stuff they get to travel i think that might be more of where guys are trending and like they're getting jealous or they see like oh wow this guy has like such a hot girlfriend like why don't i have that and like they're just kind of i think they compare to different things Mm -hmm. than um girls would so and i think to what we're what we're talking about is all very similar but what i think it ultimately culminates to is we're not living our actual lives when we're comparing what we have mm-hmm. to what others do. Yeah. We're not enjoying what we have. We're yeah. not living authentically. Mm-hmm. And it's, I think it's like the unreality of social media too, because you, so you guys are describing like just watching someone's life play out. And especially if you go to their, like their page, mm-hmm. you know, so you're not just scrolling your feed, but you go to their page and like Instagram has all those pictures and they're, all perfect. I mean, amazingly perfect pictures Mm -hmm. of these people's lives. Mm -hmm. And I don't know about you guys, but that's not how it looks for me, you know, most 24 seven. So it's like, we're setting ourselves up to never be able to feel like we're enough, you know? And so the unreality of it, I I was going to tell you guys a story at some point. So I'll tell it now that the, the unreality, like the way it disconnects us from real life is similar to something I went through a, a, I don't know. It's been a while, maybe a year or two ago with my wife, we were at this party and everybody's doing whatever, having fun. And I, th- I mean, I'm going to blame it on crystal. I'm pretty sure that's how it happened. <laughs> crystal. Right. She can't defend herself. Listening, she's not here to defend herself right now. She, so. so it's definitely <laughs> crystal's fault. She said, Hey, let's take a picture for Facebook or Instagram or whatever. And I was like, okay, fine. You've twisted my arm and, you know, we really got into it. I don't it. think that's what your article said. I'm pretty <laughs> sure you instigated this, if I remember correctly. That, I mean, usually that's how my memory goes. <laughs> Reference Florida Don't worry, Crystal, article. we got your back. <laughs> so we're at this party. We pull out the phone, right? And we're trying to, like, we're trying to get the, the picture, right? That perfectly captures the amazing time we were having at this party with all of our amazing friends in these great pl- right that's so that's it and we're snapping a picture and then we'd look at the picture and i'd be like nah, i don't like that and then we'd snap another one she'd be like oh get it get this angle and so we took 15 minutes trying to get a picture that looked decent and <laughs> like we said earlier my self-disclosure is when i'm doing that when I look at that picture to see if it's Instagram worthy, who am I looking at? Am I looking at Crystal to make sure, hey, my wife, my partner? Um, it, well, you should be. But, yeah. <laughs> no. Not so much. I'm not taking care of Crystal. I'm taking care of number one, mm-hmm. looking at me. How do I look? Is it? How does yeah. my 
Did I like put enough organic product in my yeah. hair today? <laughs> Not that I wear organic product in my hair, because it never happens, except for every day. But I, does <laughs> my hair look good? Does it not look good? And I'm looking at myself, trying to project this thing to the world that's not even real. So. Not to mention the filters. Right. Yeah. That make your skin so supple and smooth and mm-hmm. flawless, mm-hmm. which is it's not, not real reality. Life. I have bags under my eyes and, and crow's feet. I'm totally good with that. And Most of the time I have gray hair sticking out of my head yeah. too. But And everybody does it. But when we look at other people's posts, we don't think about the fact that they're doing it too. Right. And so we're still comparing it to like that's reality. Yeah. Because yeah. it looks so spontaneous, doesn't mm-hmm. it? I mean, it yeah. looks like they don't. you look at our Facebook post we took at that party. It's like, oh, there's Mike and Chris at the party. They were having a great time. Oh, yeah. The truth is we spent 15 minutes <laughs> while everybody else was having a great time taking a picture. Right. Mm-hmm. And you can ask Alana. We've taken a lot of pictures together. And do I have a side that I that I absolutely <laughs> tell people that I need to be on? You sure do. Mm-hmm. And the reason I know that is because it's the exact same side as mine. And I never <laughs> let her have it. I don't let anyone have it, actually. It, it's very rare that somebody gets to be on the left side of me. It's really bad. It's what really if, bad. What if there's, like, multiple people? Do you still have to be on, like, the edge? I, I stand on the end. <laughs> or I get in the middle. Which makes it difficult when we're in the same picture because we're fighting over the same spot. So you steal the good side every time? Mm-hmm. Wow. I'm bad. Does everyone have the same good side? No, I think some people have the opposite good sides. <laughs> okay. Um, but I, Alana and I share the same one. My best friend Annie and I share the same one. And I, you can ask them the number of times I have let them have that side. It's been very rare. <laughs> When Annie gets married, I will let her have that side all day long, but that is it. <laughs> Jacob, I hope that we do not share the same good side. Yeah, I, I hope this so. could be bad. I'll have to figure out which one it is, but. Yeah. Um, but you mentioned something else in your article about that, and I just forgot what it was. So, um, oh, capturing moments. You talked about instead of taking the selfie of what you're experiencing, take a picture of what you are visually experiencing, what you're what you might be feeling, what you, who you might be interacting with, um, what you're seeing instead of yourself. I know the example that you use in the article was if you're at like your daughter's soccer game. Yes. Instead of taking a selfie like 15 times, making sure it's the right one, looking at yourself, um, take a picture of like the goal she scored or yeah. like your wife's reaction. Yeah. To the goal. Is, yeah. So it's like an actual real time reaction, like real Memories life. captured. Yeah. yeah. And I'll tell you this, that's for me the coolest part about social media. That's when we're yeah. using it in a way that mm-hmm. it was intended for because yeah. I can't even go to Crystal like chronicles our life on <laughs> Facebook. It's awesome. And we, you know, you have all these memories come up mm-hmm. like 8 years ago. The coolest photos for me are the ones of our kids playing sports right. or dancing yeah. or and, mm-hmm. and like I'm seeing now what I saw 6 years ago. Right. It's amazing. Yeah. And I was just saying our culture like has it to where it's like you have to post like the most important picture because like it's a bad thing to double post. Like people aren't gonna follow your page if you post twice in a day and stuff like that. I don't know if that's like relates to but like I feel like it's getting worse and worse at the younger age. It's like if you post more than one time a day, like you have a terrible social media, blah, blah, blah. So it's like it's making people focus on like, okay, I wanna make it look the best instead of just posting what's actually happening. Right. Right. Um, I used to dabble in photography like all through high school. Um, so 
candid moments were like my most favorite thing, which is a reason why taking pictures of myself is still difficult. And I, I do force myself to have a certain image when there is a picture captured of me because I wasn't really ever used to that. I was mm-hmm. used to being on the other side of the camera yeah. and capturing everybody else laughing and sharing moments mm-hmm. and sunsets or animals mm-hmm. just, you know, experiencing life. And that's some of the things that um, I think you talked about that in your article as well. You know, you share these moments on social media and you're able to um, open up someone else's life and something that might be important to them with what you're sharing. Like maybe they had a great childhood and they played soccer and your kids are playing soccer and they had an injury later in life and they weren't able to and then they weren't able to play anymore and then their kid grows up and they're playing soccer and you guys now have this shared experience where you're able to communicate and talk about it and come together as a community rather than divide. So I think I think one thing we're saying for people that are listening today is the most important thing we can do if we want to be healthy with social media is just make sure that we're capturing something that's happening before us that reflects reality, like our real life. And people want to see that. I mean, I think that's the cool part is people actually want to see that. Yeah, right. for sure. There are other people that have moments of grief and hardship. And if you share a part of your story that's that way, it gives somebody the – it empowers them to be able to talk about it in case they're scared yeah. to see someone else going through that and say, Hey, that just happened to me, but I haven't talked to anybody about that yet. And maybe they reach out to you and that's, that's a moment of help for yeah. someone. Like I'm not hope. alone. Right. I'm not alone in this. Right. Yeah. You so. could be thousands of miles apart, but you yeah. have that, that connection and that builds bridges and that builds hope in in humanity. All right. So what we're describing right now is kind of this inherent flaw inside of us systemically that drives this experience of social media as I want to present this self to the world. That has been complicated greatly over the last several months. I don't know what's going on, whether it's the pandemic, whether it's the election that just took place, what, but you talk about toxic. It has gotten so crazy toxic online that it's hard to even it's hard to even interact with people what are you are, are you guys seeing this or is it just me people are they're mean but yeah yeah i think i know i see it um i mean i i think in it's in part as a result of the pandemic and i think a lot of people just have a little bit more time on their hands they're a little bit more connected to you know social media because they're you know it's difficult to or even um impossible to connect in any other way like socially Mm -hmm. or you know um with other people so you know what else are people left with well they're left with their social media and um you know i think because people are spending more time on social media they're it can easily become you know, this, they get kind of warped, sucked into this like warped world of social media and, and yeah. So what do you think drives the anger though? Because I, I, I agree with you wholeheartedly a lot of that. There's like, like there's some sort of, 
like draw to it. Like, okay, I'm lonely. I haven't been out of my house in three weeks. Let's check out Facebook or Twitter. Right. So, so I think that's a part of it. But why the toxic anger? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was waiting for you this time. Okay. <laughs> um, I was just going to say, I know for me personally, like after reading through these articles, and also if you're following along on YouTube, the articles will be in the link um, underneath so you can go to those. But um, I know for me, like after reading through these, I was like kind of like, taken back I was like okay I actually like need to step back from this because we see everyone's opinions but we don't see like their heart we don't see like the reasoning behind their opinions and all that and so all we see is like man like they disagree with me like they must not have the same heart as me they must not be like the same person I am and like they're terrible people because they don't have the same opinions as me so I think it just makes it difficult for people because they're only seeing like one side of someone that disagrees with them and they don't care to take the time to actually hear why they feel the way they feel. I also think I agree, Jacob. And I, and I also think on top of that, people have a tendency of judging other people way more harshly on social media because, you know, um, it's almost like, uh, I can hide behind this, you know, facade of, of my page or my profile mm-hmm. or whatever, and I can say whatever I want. I don't have to, like... You can't get punched through right. a <laughs> Confront someone or, like, practice assertiveness. There's no, like, there's no demand for effective communication. Mm-hmm. There's this kind of facade of I get to say whatever I want. However angry I am, I get to judge, and, and there's not, you know, there's no... Yeah, it's difficult to see people's heart because mm-hmm. I don't think I don't think people are inclined to show their heart. There's no it's like there's no accountability. Right. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So like I, I can I can say whatever's going on inside of me and I, I don't have to worry at all mm-hmm. about the look I get back or the mm-hmm. hurt feelings that I create. I can just get all this emotion out. Mm-hmm. And I can do it at everybody else's expense. It's a, mm-hmm. almost like a really indulgent coping skill mm-hmm. for negative emotion. A maladaptive one. Yeah. <laughs> um, Mike, you said something that I think was very appropriate for what we're talking about. You said there's so much more for us to do together, but this can only happen when we agree to respond to each other in love and with a deep appreciation for the dignity of those with whom we disagree. I think that is so so important to remember just because you disagree with anyone doesn't mean you can't appreciate or value their opinion it doesn't mean you can't Mm -hmm. appreciate or value them as a human being standing on this earth with you and their experiences they have had as a person that led them to the belief that they have at this very moment because I think that ultimately those learned behaviors and those challenges and our roller coaster of a life that we have this last year alone Mm -hmm. um has been enough to put anyone through turmoil and Mm -hmm. you know there's a lot of reasons why people are behaving the way they're behaving and have those opinions and are lashing out right now so it could be a childhood trauma and 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 that sets the root and somebody says something on social media and it triggers that person and then it just blows up from there yeah, it blows up. I say whatever I want to say because I'm feeling a certain way, mm-hmm. and then I don't have the I don't have any of the interpersonal checks and balances that I get in real life right. to kind of keep me mm-hmm. in some boundaries. And this article that I wrote, 
I talk, I, I, I think I use cultural, cultural. borderline personality style mm -hmm. as I, I diagnosed everybody. I diagnosed this. <laughs> you did. Yeah. You called the whole entire human race out. <laughs> well. <laughs> Anyone I'm, who uses social media yeah, anyway. If yeah. the shoe fits. <laughs> Which is everyone. <laughs> Which is everyone. My dad doesn't actually. Really? Yeah. So he, he's, he's. He uses email. That's it. Yeah, that's, <laughs> it's another, it's another podcast and maybe a few <laughs> sessions, Megan. But anyways, okay. we. <laughs> a few sessions. I uh, I think it might be a good way to describe what's happening because it's it's very categorical. Mm -hmm. It's like black and white, right? It's either or. Either you're for me or against me. You're with me or you're against. It's just this weird mm -hmm. way to, to go about relationships. I think social media amplifies that. It and makes it bigger because then, then you can see in, in black and white or color everybody who's with you and everybody who's not with you. It's all right there in front of you. If we didn't have social media, you wouldn't be able to necessarily tell. It wouldn't be right in your face all the time. Mm -hmm. So I, I think one thing we've got to look at is what do we do culturally with all this emotion that's going on inside of us? And how do we... How do we express it in ways that are going to retain people's dignity? Because I, if we all make the decision that together we're going to try to do this differently, and that's hopefully what's happening. I mean, I, we're at a crisis point with this, mm -hmm. I think, at least in the Western world. How, how do, what recommendation would you guys have for how people begin to sort of manage their own emotion differently within the context of, of real relationships with people online? You know, I, I think there's um, there is a certain level of expression that is, you know, appropriate for social media. And, you know, by all means, like if someone is feeling something and, you know, they want to use social media as an outlet, there are ways to do that. But what I would not recommend is thinking that social media is a substitute for emotional expression or interpersonal connectedness or emotional regulation. It is not a substitute for dealing with that in a really healthy, interpersonally connected way. I know for me personally, um, I'm a very opinionated person and strong vote with my opinions. And so when someone does disagree with me, I am a little bit taken back. But something I've really tried to do recently, especially with all that's going on in the world right now, is that when someone... Um, replies to something I posted or something and we kind of start a little like argument just kind of like talking back and forth I've tried to make it a big deal to really like ask them like uh, like where's your heart in this can like you tell me like why you feel the way you feel so I can actually like see like why you feel that way and I can be like okay like you have good reasoning behind like why you feel that way like I disagree but like I understand why you feel that way and like I don't think like I still care about you like you're still my friend and stuff like that. So that's something I've done personally is like just try to really see the heart in people rather than just like seeing kind of that like black and white, like that's how they feel. That's how I feel. We're enemies type thing. So you're giving people grace. Mm -hmm. You're and I, I feel like that is something that you would want people to do for you. If you had a certain opinion about something, you know, you want to be able to walk through your life knowing that if you have an expression to make or an emotion or something that you feel matters, you're going to be heard with respect mm -hmm. and you're going to be heard with love and grace instead of 
anger and resentment and all of the nastiness that we see mm-hmm. just filtering through social media right now. And that is super powerful what you guys are describing right now, because you're, you're putting words to the human element that seems to be missing in a lot of these interactions. There's like a humanity to that, Jacob, for you to, especially as a guy to kind of say, <laughs> you know, Hey, what's your, what's your heart mm-hmm. behind that? That's, that takes some courage and that takes mm-hmm. a willingness to kind of really look beyond what someone's presenting to you, like the toxic stuff that's coming your way mm-hmm. and to respond with grace. Megan, I use, I use this a lot with folks. Like that's I, where I got it from. <laughs> <laughs> Especially like if I'm in counseling or, or run, running a group, um, in, in a, in one of our clinics, I would, I would talk constantly about the transactional nature that we crave in relationships. We want to give people what they deserve, right? So right. when I go to Starbucks, I'm in a transactional relationship with my barista, right? I give him at Starbucks, it's like $37 and they give me a cup <laughs> of coffee, right? And if I give them my $5 and that I don't get my coffee, I'm mad because I didn't get what I deserve. Mm-hmm. But if I just take coffee and I don't give them money, they're mad because they didn't get what they deserve. And guess what? That really works in that transactional relationship. I'm fine with that. And Starbucks is fine with that because I, we can get what we deserve. But man, you start talking about real relationships with real people who are broken and messed up and emotional and angry and hurt. You'll never be able to give people what they deserve. Mm-hmm. You'll never be able to repay all the hurt and angst and what seems like, you know, stupidity in your mind with with enough truth or enough of your own heart to be able to say, Oh, well fine. Yeah. I, you can have that opinion now because I've given no, the only answer is grace. Mm-hmm. Like the ability to kind of reach into someone's heart and say, I'm, I'm not going to give you what you deserve. I'm going to, I'm going to deal with you with grace and mercy and love. And I think if, if for everyone listening, I think it will do the whole world good. If everyone could take a page out of Jacob's book and, you know, present with compassion and, you know, just open-mindedness and, and asking people where their heart's at. That's, that's really awesome. And if everybody did a little bit more of that, social media might be a better place. Well, Absolutely. the world might be a better place. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. All right. So here's what I think we've done so far in this podcast. Uh, we've talked about how weird social media is really in that we're presenting a a self to the world. That's, that's not accurate and that we're authentic. Number two, we're talking about how in that false reality, we tend to react to each other in categorical black and white ways. And it turns toxic. I think we have to end with the, the question that should be on all of our minds. Why? do we love it so much? (laughs) Like what is so attractive about this that we go back day after day after day? And, and what do we do about the addiction? Turn it off. You make it harder. My, my sister, Chelsea Poling, she, uh, talks about this a lot and she wrote a blog about it on her, um, website, Rose Botanica. And she, talks about the grasping nature and the temptation. She wakes up in the middle of the night. She used to. She has become mindful and doesn't do that anymore. But um, she would wake up in the middle of the night. She would grab her phone. She would start scrolling. 
and this became very repetitive and it became um, an addiction. You know, she would scroll, she would look at research on herbal teas, she would look at low back pain, things that she would never do. Um, and she would save them for later and never go back to them. And finally, she was like, this is just becoming too much. I'm waking up in the morning. My cortisol levels are high. Um, I'm angry and frustrated. I didn't get any sleep the night before. And this just kept happening and happening. And um, she finally, one night, turned her phone off at an early hour, stuck it in a drawer, and felt free. She actually described it as giddy. Um, she just had this overwhelming sense of, of freedom that, that, and then when she woke up, that temptation was there, that grasp was there, but it was more difficult for her to get up, go get her phone, power it back on, and then do all of the things that she would do. So she created a tool. She was mindful enough to reflect and think like, what, what can I do to not, um, self-sabotage how can I become the gatekeeper of self-sabotage and she 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 did it she overcame it wow that's hopeful it's hopeful she put it away you have to just put it away make it a point so I think the reason that that's so hard because I'm thinking to myself why why wouldn't I do that and I think the reason I wouldn't do that is because I'd be afraid I was going to miss out on something, mm-hmm. right? That's, like, yeah, I think that's the biggest thing in culture today is the fear of missing out. But, but, but you're missing out on your own life mm. if you're if you're paying attention to somebody else's so much. Do you know that they they like scan people's brains while they get a text message that comes in, and that text messages or uh, Snapchat notifications or, you know, something from social media actually releases the same kind of brain chemicals that, uh, you know, other pleasurable activities do. Like it literally releases dopamine, like a little, little push of dopamine every time you get that text message. I don't think mine releases that. I think mine releases cortisol. (laughs) 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 To be quite honest. I would love to put my phone away in a drawer and, and lock it up tightly. Well, there's something we can do about that because that's not, uh, that's 100% true, but it's also 100% changeable. The, we'll talk more. <laughs> <laughs> so our brains have this amazing thing called neuroplasticity, uh-huh. which means that... Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> <laughs> which means that we actually get to, if we really, really want to change or modify even things like neurotransmitter release that are activated by certain behavioral responses or um, external um, factors. We can do anything we really want to do if we train our brain enough and work on, you know, what comes out of what we're doing. We, We do get a say and we get to do that through, you know, using our brain's neuroplasticity. So, and we can talk more about that in our next podcast. <laughs> Absolutely. You can, you can, I think just to kind of tailor off that shortly, um, you can journal your behaviors. You can, you can do things like that and train yourself. If you do anything for 21 days, you've created a habit out of it. And I think if you, 
make it a priority, write it down on your to-do list every single day to make this mindful practice Mm -hmm. of putting the social media or the phone or whatever it is that you're holding on to that's misrepresent a misrepresentation of living your actual life Mm -hmm. you will form that habit and those those neurons in your brain will retrain and you will have a new way of living your life kind of disconnected from social media and actually living it's it's weird because i part of what happens i think is we build those patterns and and when we start to try to change the brain chemicals and the neural pathways, it does create anxiety inside of, of us, right? Just like oh, any yeah. change does. Of so course. I'll give you an example. My kids are, I've got a 19-year-old, a 14-year-old, and a 12-year-old. Um, Bless your heart. They, hey, they're, they're, I'm, they're, I'm they're a very kids. blessed man. Uh, but anyways, they watch a lot through their phones. So if something cool is happening, it's not uncommon at all for the phone to be up and they're literally watching what's happening. That's cool. Like if the dogs do something stupid or, you know, funny, the phones are out and they're watching the dogs through the phone. And I'm like, dude, put your, put your phone down, like actually watch the dogs. Cause it's actually better if you see it in real life rather than on the screen. Right. And it's so hard for them but we've been working at it as a family. And while it does, it, you know, I'm not going to lie, pisses them off sometime when, sure. <laughs> when, you know, dad tells me to put the phone down. Look. But the more we've done it and the more we try to be intentional about that as a family, mm-hmm. the easier it gets. So what starts as anger and anxiety ends up being more a more free, authentic life. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And who doesn't want more freedom? And authenticity. <laughs> Especially now. (laughs) (laughs) Why why do you say that? I mean, amongst this chaos of the pandemic. Yeah. Yeah. Like, who doesn't want to disconnect a little? Mm -hmm. Although I think right now we are also craving connection so badly because some people have been so isolated. So Mm -hmm. it's a matter of of tying the two together because Mm -hmm. we have to be disconnected Mm -hmm. for our own physical health right now and other people's physical health. So how how do we stay connected? Yeah, yeah. There's so many things that make it even harder right now to get away from it, just mm-hmm. because that fear of missing out, that thinking, oh, I feel like people like me more of this fake life I'm living through social media, or I haven't been able to connect with my friends because I can't go see them in person. Like, there's so many things that are kind of making this so difficult in this kind of time we're living in right now. That's just made it a lot harder. But just sticking to it and making the effort to actually make a change. Right. And I and I think we can end with this, a conversation about this. At the end of the day, the solution here is about the battleground of your mind, mm-hmm. right? It really comes down to what you're going to tell yourself and communicate to yourself about what social media is, about what role you want it to play in your life, and about how you're going to fight mm-hmm. to do it in a healthy way. And that's going to that's gonna start up here. Mm-hmm. That's going to start in the battleground of your mind. Well, I think we've done it, guys. I think we've done all we can do here with social media. I I hope that if you're listening or watching today that uh, you've gotten a lot out of our our talk. And we tried to 
to be as, as practical as we possibly could to give you some skills and some strategies to help you go forward. Um, if you're struggling and you're listening to this today and you're like, man, I've, I've been struggling personally with anger. Um, I've been struggling with, uh, you know, reaming people out on social media. I, I have to get, got that cultural narcissistic or borderline personality style going on in my social media. If you're, if you're down, if you're stressed out, if there's something going on for you emotionally, we do have a resource for you that we'd like to introduce you to. It's called Live Well Coaching. Live Well Coaching is, de- is designed specifically for people that want to get healthy and stay healthy. And it combines uh, work on an app, like an application on your phone, your iPhone or your Android phone, and connection with a real coach on the other end of that technology that is very passionate about helping you walk forward in your life about meeting your goals. So if that's you and you want to just maybe talk with one of our intake counselors, uh, we, we're happy to do that. We want to be a resource for anybody that's listening that wants to deal with depression, anxiety, stress, anger, all the stuff that's going on for us or even loneliness. So go to livewell-coaching.com, livewell-coaching.com and uh, it'll be real easy on the website there for you to click and sign up to have uh, an appointment with one of our, our coaches or to have one of our coaches directly call you and uh, initiate the process. So we hope you do that. If you have any questions, please don't hesitate to contact us, contact at livewellcoaching.com. And we'll be happy to interact with you about any question you might have. So, all right, guys, thanks for being here today. Thanks for giving us all your insight. You guys are so wise. Really good stuff. Really good stuff today. So I appreciate it. And thank you. Thank you. And don't forget... The articles that we were talking about today are on the YouTube Yes, if you're following along on YouTube, every link we've mentioned today will be in the description below. Stay tuned for our next podcast. Thanks for spending time with us. We'll see you soon.